Hello listeners, I am Basant Srinivasan and I have with me Ms. Neha Singh, who is the co-founder and CEO of Traction, a leading market intelligence platform that tracks startups and private companies. In this episode, we have Sneha talking on a host of topics, including the startup ecosystem, the fundraising landscape, and other opportunities and challenges. Do listen in. Hi Neha, it feels really wonderful to have you with us today and uh, thanks a ton for taking the time out to talk to us. And I would like to start today's conversation with your latest India Tech report covering the first half of 2023. The cursor reading of the report tells us that both deal activity and funding have fallen drastically. Could things get much worse before they get any better? What's your prognosis for the rest of the year and beyond? Right, right. No, that's a good question. And yes, the deal activity has fallen. Even if you compare it to last year, which was uh, you know, lower than obviously 2021, uh, which was uh, like a peak year. Uh, so 2022 was lower, 2023 H1, if you look at it, it's even much lower than the uh, than the previous year. And uh, you know, this is all the overall deal activity. This is this is there in India as well as globally. So you say the same trend, you know, across both the regions. And uh, secondly, this is more prominent in the late stage, right? Like one stat which is very interesting uh, to see, actually, uh, you know, like uh, everyone had been talking about the number of new unicorn rounds which had happened. And if you look at it today uh, in India, you know, say like 2021, there were more than 40 uh, new unicorns that got created. Last year, there were about 23. This year, it has been seven months and it has been zero. <laughs> so, you know, there's no new uh, unicorn round which has happened. So that's very stark, uh, you know, difference, which is, you know, to last and the previous years. And uh, in a lot of ways, actually, if you look at it, it's one of the lowest, the funding, etc. is one of the lowest that, you know, it has seen in the last, I would say, uh, like funding is lowest if you see globally in the last five years in terms of new unicorns that got created it's one of the lowest in the last uh, you know 10 years so so it is uh, obviously very low and uh, coming to the second question which is you know when will it uh, recover so that's a good uh, question and i think people have been sort of debating so one of the reasons what people are uh, like if you look at the investors they are still continuing to do a lot of uh, you know they are continuing to meet companies they are continuing to work one of the things that we hear from investors is that there's a little bit of a valuation mismatch which exists at the valuation at which they would like to uh, put in the money and the valuation at which the companies had previously raised money, you know, or would like to uh, raise, uh, you know, the next round of funding. Uh, if you look at in the public markets, in the public equities, in the tech stock, uh, that had seen a lot of correction. Uh, in private, actually, it can wait, right? The correction can wait because the companies can delay the time at which they want to raise the funding. So that is one of the things that is also that we are hearing that, you know, they are looking to do the deals. They are sitting on a lot of dry powder. They are working, they're meeting companies, but they're also wanting to put money at the right valuation. So that is probably one thing which investors are saying. And the second thing is obviously, you know, they're looking at profitable model because, you know, now the cost of capital is different and people want profitability, you know, not like distant future, but more in the near term future. So that is the other thing that they are also looking at in companies. And uh, coming to when will it sort of recover? So what we are probably seeing is so two things. One is if you look in Q and Q, the fall has probably sort of plateaued, right? It is still lower if you compare on a year-on-year basis, but it is sort of plateaued. Uh, the second thing is that if you look at the global public tech stocks, you know that has risen. So Nasdaq, for instance, you know that has this year uh, it has sort of recovered quite a lot of um, uh, the thing that it had happened, uh, you know, the downfall that it it had seen a few quarters back so that there's a recovery typically private markets see like a two to three quarters lag from the public tech stocks 
so hopefully uh, people are expecting that within the next one or two quarters things should start looking better okay so basically better days are ahead yes yes okay so um, uh, the impact of the funding winter has, has not been the same on everyone as you would <clears throat> agree so what kind of differentiated strategies do you see st- uh, startups adopting given their position in terms of scale growth cycle etc right um so uh, funding winter see whoever had sort of raised money you know at the peak they are probably a uh, lot of them had so couple of the things what startups are doing is one is increasing the runway so you saw a lot of layoffs which is happening uh, you know across the sector one of the reasons is that people had over hired in the in the bull cycle so they had they wanted to sort of extend their runway and decrease their burn in other cases and wanted to increase uh, increase the runway essentially so that is one thing that you see across all um second is obviously uh, you know now the narrative has sort of changed uh, i typically uh, you know it sort of oscillates little bit between growth and profitability right now obviously the second narrative is that you know companies are talking about that you know uh, uh, you know becoming profitable within like a few quarters or you know uh, so much time so that is the other thing that you see across all and investors you know also want uh, to have that because i think that is more long term because you know the cost of capital is now higher than what it was probably the last few years so i think that uh, the second thing will probably you know stay for a much longer time and uh, uh, i think that's that's about it and uh, you know obviously uh, you know the number of funding rounds are much lesser so the companies are also very cautious about uh, you know um, uh, you know the the funding that they are sort of expanding which was uh, different from what it was happening last two years okay so basically the focus is uh, going to be more on quality than quantity both from a funding perspective and also from a deals and acquisitions perspective right that's correct yes okay the trend whatever we are seeing in india is kind of similar to what we have uh, what we have witnessed in other parts of the world but i mean right. said that are the drivers right. and deadwinds the same or is there some kind of difference between what we see here and what you see in rest of the world right right so one thing which has happened is uh, so one is you know uh, the thing is uh, global like even global there is a uh, there's a decline in funding that is happening even in india that is mirrored even globally if you look at it uh, you know just another, like late stage funding especially is impacted uh given that a lot of your late stage investors are also global investors you know like your soft bank tiger etc which sort of global investors which invest across the geography uh and in india also a lot of the late stage round were led by the global investors so for the early ab you have the local invest uh, you have a lot of the local funds but for the late stage it's primarily your global investors uh so that is sort of consistent that is there you know across all the geographies uh, which has seen um coming to india specific uh, so india the uh, the sentiment is still high like in us uh, you know like earlier they were talking about uh, a recession a sort of impending recession which is happening right now the probabilities is probably looking lesser uh, but they're still talking about uh, you know inflation you know to a much larger degree uh, that is there so in india if you look at uh, you know the public markets are nearly at an all time high the sent so you know if you talk about recession no one will you know you'll probably say like very low percentage you know that that is going to happen so the uh, obviously the uh, overall uh, india sentiment is higher what that means is uh, you know like a lot of the companies which are focused on india as a market being as a consumer market you know there the consumer sentiment is still high 
right so that has not sort of percolated uh, you know as yet in terms of inflation people feeling inflation or something so i think in india it is still uh, you know the overall funding is there but i think the still sentiment is high in terms of the consumers so there you are not uh, you know probably seeing uh, direct impact as yet uh, uh, what has happened obviously in india like a lot of the companies have glo- global exposure right like you know it is one large one in the in the public sector and then you know obviously saas a uh, lot of companies which are having sort of global customers there obviously you know they have seen sort of slowdown in uh, in europe and america right like you saw all the it companies sort of uh, you know uh, uh, sort of revised down some of their projections uh, as well as uh, you know that also getting impacted on the saas valuations so uh, all the customers uh, all the companies in india which are also have uh, which are also catering to us and europe as a customer segment they they also saw um, sort of more impact than having just india as the customer segment so i think that is a probably the second thing that you know you could see in some of the india companies okay interesting and also see uh, many people uh, say that uh, you know the turbulence that we've seen in recent months has kind of leveled the field when it comes to competition between small and large players so as the la- latter had you know uh, access to a large watches which they could deploy effectively for marketing and customer acquisition and inorganic growth what do you think of it is this view uh, correct so obviously the large players are sitting on a lot of resources because some of them had raised large rounds you know in the in the uh, in the bull cycle uh, but having said that you know right now uh, you cannot like you know continue to have sort of negative unit economics and continue to burn based on that because that, i think that is coming under scrutiny much much more closely than uh, it was earlier earlier it was lot about you know gaining market share and uh, you know growth getting rewarded uh, but uh, right now you cannot afford to you know sort of uh, uh, have sort of negative unit economics and you know sort of grow on top uh, grow based on that so uh, so yes and no to some extent that you know obviously uh, you know because people have to be more cognizant then uh you cannot just uh, you know sort of deploy resources to grow uh so that is you know one thing which is sort of unanimous so that is probably in the favor of the smaller companies which is happening but at the same time you know obviously uh, because right now the funding is little difficult the additional round is difficult so obviously for the newer companies to also scale and build their brand and reach out to the customers might take so- sort of longer uh so earlier if they would have done invested in more in marketing now they are probably taking more conscious uh, uh sort of things uh, on the long run i think it's still good uh, so on the long run people will focus on something which are sort of more long lasting and more cost effective so i think for the ecosystem it is good but i think it it has both pros and cons for the smaller players on the one hand we talk about these startups which are actually obviously going through a very difficult phase in their when they short life uh, so to speak so much so that many of them have been forced to revisit their business models and focus areas and reset their growth milestones but on the other hand there is also some kind of pressure which has come to bear on the capitalists on and on the private equity players side so so what kind of changes are we seeing on the on the other side of the divide that is among the vcs and the private equity players i think one of the things that you are seeing is obviously some uh, you know in a lot of uh, uh funds some of the large companies uh you know uh, there is sort of impact in some of the large companies which is there so you see a much more um um sort of conscious or you know uh, um 
a more sort of conscious uh, like a different sort of commentary you know coming from the sort of the uh, some of the funds which you see but uh, having said that i think uh, one of the things what vc is i think what has changed probably in vc is you know one is uh, they spend so at least last year uh, a lot of them were spending more amount of uh, uh, they were earmarking more amount of resources to be uh, to focus on their portfolio instead of making new investments so one of one of the differences that you know now because a lot of the portfolio companies had you didn't have a lot of external funding and uh, you know some of the portfolio companies were you know uh, one of the good ones but were sitting on a shorter runway and were not able to probably raise more capital so one of the things that you saw is uh, people spend sort of more mind share and uh, uh, you know sort of cordon off or like keep out uh, resources for uh, supporting the portfolio companies right so that was sort of one narrative which was there the second narrative uh, which is again uh, you know common across all the um, across all the companies is that you know when are you going to sort of become profitable and you know sort of uh, focusing on cutting cost and you know sort of uh, doing that i think that is the second thing that you saw from the investor side as well third is more around governance because there were so many uh, cases which uh, you know had come up in the portfolio company or like in some of the companies in some of the larger companies also so that is probably the third thing uh, that in you know vcs also have started talking more about okay it is interesting that you spoke about vcs allotting more mind space to some of their portfolio companies because as you know uh, governance at some of these startups has become a hot button issue in recent times in fact many experts have also pointed out that many of the vcs lack the management bandwidth which otherwise would have enabled them to closely monitor some of their portfolio companies on an ongoing basis so what do you think is happening as far as the overall governance framework is concerned right so i think that is uh, that is probably starting to happen because uh, so i think uh, you know earlier people used to regard that startups is probably you know very different from the from the other set and you know all of them uh, you know you didn't have a lot of these cases earlier but right now this ecosystem has also become large right so that is why you also have you know some sort of uh, sort of bad apples or, or you may, may say you know uh, in this ecosystem also because this has become fairly sizable than what it was probably 10 years back um, uh, you know obviously this is something that you know i i think investors are fine with uh, some of the companies not performing good if the business is not uh, if the market is tough or if they are not able to you know get across the business but i think they really don't like the fact that you know the the governance uh, you know they lost uh, the deal did not have, uh, you know make money because uh, you know it was a pure poor uh, governance or some numbers were not getting reported properly so obviously this is something that is uh, uh, you know that has ca- come in light that you know that can also happen um so i think uh, i would not say that the investors are sort of you know to be blamed of what has happened i think uh, right now what will happen is that there will be more uh, uh, more uh, uh, sort of more mind share more questions around you know uh, this governance for instance you know just the fact that you know are you filing the annual or uh, the report on time uh, is your uh, you know start audit getting closed on time etc right uh, earlier there was more leeway or uh, uh you know for investors it may not have been uh, the top of the thing right like right now that is also becoming part of their uh, diligence or part of the diligence which they are doing for entering in a new company as well as for the portfolio as well right so i think uh, just that thing will probably change and you know there'll be uh, so so i don't think that the you know the investors could have stopped whatever is happening because i think that is probably 
the companies will have to ensure it but at least there will be more questions around it and when investors are sort of entering a company a new company or making new investment then there will be more questions around uh, you know this part as well uh, okay it just not the attractiveness of the business model but also lots of other things around ethics and uh, governance exactly. and all that exactly and this has also been like you know if you look at uh, like the public market it was it was all it was always like this you know in addition to business they would always uh, care about the governance like if you uh, talk to some of the investors over there you know for them it will be one of the key things which is there uh, and it has now also become part of the i would say private uh, market investors because you know that uh, the pool has also become large and the number of you know large companies have also become sizable okay interesting and uh, see i mean this 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 difficult phase that the industry is going through at this point of time and uh, the its impact has been kind of you know varied on different industries which industry or which sector do you think has kind of relatively performed well uh, compared to others Uh, and in fact, I, as I read your latest report, I could also see that uh, sectors like uh, like environment technology, fintech, and retail were the top performing sectors. So, how do you see this uh, relative performance of sectors, and uh, how do you see them? You know, right. see these performance shaping up in the uh, months to come. Yeah, sure. So, I would say that uh, you know, overall, uh, you know, I think it's a it's a good time, you know, for uh, companies and some sectors which have been, uh, you know, sort of. which you continue to gain uh, obviously overall you saw like much lesser funding across all the sectors but there were some sector which continue to sort of you know grow uh, so uh, deep tech is probably one sector that i would say saw some activity uh, which includes things like uh, you know in battery technology like battery smart is one pixel sort of raised around um then you have uh, uh, you know idea forge which is a company which went ipo which is unrelated to that but you know there was a lot of interest around sort of drones or deep tech uh, as a uh, as a sector i would say right so that is one ai is obviously one sector which all the investors are looking at uh, you know chat gpt what the, the difference it has made is that it, it has made uh, the knowledge of ai ubiquitous among everyone so everyone you know has now played around with that has seen the output of it so you know everyone can you know is very excited about it uh, so obviously people uh, are seeing its impact across industries uh, so ai is, is one sector which investors are looking at a lot of companies i would say in india the number of investments have been relatively lesser because uh, it is still uh, people are still seeing you know how uh, what are the uh, law, uh, sort of more sustainable models which are you know which have sort of moat uh right which are uh, because the interest uh, right now the there are a lot of infrastructure which are available uh, but you have to you know sort of also uh, build either uh, an application or a, uh, or an infrastructure company which has sort of a long term mode so i think this is but this is something that everyone is very excited about people are seeing a lot of uh, you know investments so uh, deals so i think investments might through might soon follow right so that is probably the second sector i would say that you know that is getting a lot of attention um the third to some extent in india is consumer uh, you know obviously it's much lesser than what it was probably 2 years back but you know still i think uh, like india consumer story is still you know uh, intact i would say and people are still bullish you know on that so some of the companies like you know you saw atomberg uh, and jiva sort of raise money uh, which are in sort of more focused on the indian consumer so you saw some of the sort of brands also uh, you know sort of raise round during this period okay great uh so let's move on uh, from the industry to traction itself so it's it's going to be a year since you 
uh, came out with their IPO. I think last October you came out with their IPO. I think so. Yes. We are actually kind of inching towards a one year mark. So, uh, what is the how does the uh, road ahead looks like, and what are your plans in the in the say uh, three year three year to five year time horizon? Right, right. No, this is something that obviously we were, you know, very excited about it. So when we were starting traction about 10 years back, so we just completed 10 years, you know, this year. And when we were starting, we had this, you know, vague thing that, oh, once, you know, if we are able to list, that will be like, you know, an, an awesome milestone to have in the company. And uh, luckily, uh, you know, we were able to do it within the first 10 years of the company. So we obviously, we started preparing for the IPO when, uh, so, so, uh, so, uh, you know, we were investors earlier and we had always thought that the Indian public markets like profitable stories. Uh, and, uh, you know, so when we uh, started, uh, so when we had turned cash flow positive, that is the time when we started preparing for the IPO and the preparation also, you know, takes like a, a quite a few months. So 2020 and we started in 2021 is when we, you know, uh, eventually sort of filed and then got the approval. And then 22 is, you know, when we actually got listed. So, uh, so, so that was interesting. And, uh, you know, I think we see it as a platform to sort of continue to build the company for the next, uh, you know, three decades. So I think that is one thing that we are sort of very excited because, uh, you know, uh, like there's a good amount of discipline, which comes across, you know, across all the, across the companies, um, you know, your ESOP is now liquid, right? So that is a very interesting thing. So I think we see it more as a, you know, good platform that if you want to continue to sort of build the business for the next two, three decades, then, uh, you know, you should ideally, uh, this this provides you a good platform than just remaining private. Right? So for okay. us, I think, uh, you know, uh, we are excited about uh, the public markets, like uh, coming to the public uh, private markets, uh, you know, I would say that, um, so when we started a decade back, private markets used to be like a single digit percentage for most LPs. Right today, it is between ten to fifteen percent allocation across all the uh, LPs. Like if you look at endowment funds, uh, like a Stanford endowment fund or a Harvard endowment fund, it's much larger. It's you know north of twenty percent, right? So uh, what has happened, uh, you know, I think in the last decade is uh, private market as an asset has uh, asset class has become fairly light, uh, large because the set of companies have also become large, right? Like just the example of how many services uh, that you currently use of the private companies, right? Right from food ordering to, uh, you know, ordering so many things to buying so many brands, right? So I think that has become fairly sizable and that is why, um, you know, right now it is a big uh, allocation for even LPs because they see a lot of growth which is uh, happening in the private market asset class. So we thought that, you know, this, uh, this asset class should also have a platform. Like if you talk to any of the public market investors, they always say, you know, like they get all the information in Bloomberg, et cetera. But uh, when you're talking about private markets also, you don't know like the set of companies, even for you to discover, you know, what are the companies you have to literally, uh, you know, either uh, see the websites or talk to people, et cetera. Right. So we thought that there should be platform, uh, you know, for that. And, uh, you know, excited at how the last 10 years have been. And uh, I think we are continuing to be excited about, you know, continue to build that. And I think the second thing, which is also interesting in our business is that it's a global business. So if you see more than 60% of our revenue is international. Um, so I think it's also a great uh, way of having that India cost advantage that, you know, you make in India and sell globally, uh, uh, which is for a product. So I think that also is a very interesting thing that gives us a long-term uh, cost advantage that we can continue to invest. Okay. Good to hear that. And uh, I'll, I'll probably... Uh... Um, I would like to wrap up this conversation with a personal question. And uh, 
uh, I know for a fact that you come from a family of academics and I know that uh, you, your father was a, a researcher. Is he still in service? <laughs> no, no, he's retired. But yeah, he was a nuclear scientist. <laughs> yeah, I know that. Yeah, that's what I was referring to. So he was a nuclear yeah. scientist. Right. And you yourself, uh, I think you were a gold medalist from IIT. And, and of course, uh, you were a Dhirubhai Ambani fellow in uh, the Stanford uh, Graduate School. But this switch to entrepreneurship, uh, uh, how has it been? And... Uh, and again, as you just mentioned, you you started the company around 2013, and you just completed it to uh, 10 years. The 2023 will mark the 10th year of uh, since you started the company. And uh, what would be your piece of advice to anybody, uh, to any right. entrepreneur uh, in general, and to women entrepreneurs in particular? What would be your advice? Uh, because one thing I keep uh, hearing often is that uh, see, yes, startups are going through a bad bad phase in their in their short life cycle. But one thing that is really hurting them is that is the fact that uh, they've not been around for a long time. Even the old economy or uh, economic companies go through a bad patch. Uh, this uh, this economic cycle has, has always been around. But uh, one thing that is not that is really hurting the startups is the lack of experience that they have. But you have spent ten years in this business and you have also been an entrepreneur, for, uh, first first generation entrepreneur perhaps. So what would be your advice or what would be your insights uh, that you would like to share with us? Yeah, sure. No, that's a that's a great question. So for me, uh, you know, I think startup happened because the problem was very interesting. So I think if this had not come across, then I would have been happy being an investor, uh, you know, or, uh, or, 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 you know, being on the other side. And uh, so for me, I think uh, this problem was uh, very interesting that, you know, it, I thought that there has to be, and being a com science undergrad, you know, you, you thought that, uh, you know, you have to use technology to be able to build this platform and to build a global platform. And the opportunity also looked very interesting. So I think it was more around, uh, you know, the relay, the connect that you had to the to the problem as, as well as the size of the opportunity that you saw. That's why you started or you took the plunge, uh, you know, about 10 years back. Obviously, you know, your parents did not understand it earlier. You know, over time, they probably warmed up to the idea that, OK, uh, you know, this is fine. Because earlier, like 10 years back, people did not, you know, startup was even lesser known than what it is today. Uh so, so I think uh, that was one thing. And uh, on this, on the piece of advice uh, that I would like to give to the entrepreneurs is that you know, I think now is a great time to get started. You know, if you are thinking about having an idea, you know, I think it's it's a great time to get started. I think what has happened uh, fundamentally in India, and especially I'm even more bullish about uh, you know, like India as an ecosystem of startups. So India, for instance, is already the third largest ecosystem if you look at the by the funding that has happened. And uh, or by the number of large companies which are there, right? So India is already very sizable in terms of uh, the ranking in the private market and the startup ecosystem. What it has resulted is also the talent pool, right? Like what they say about Silicon Valley is right. You know, the uh, uh, it is very special because of the talent that exists, right? And I think that is also getting created in India. And uh, thanks to all these companies, you know, which uh, have sort of led it. For instance, you know, one Zoho sort of created so many other companies in SaaS because so many people saw that firsthand. Uh, similarly, you know, Flipkart created so many companies, uh, right? And people sort of learned over there and then started their various ventures. So I think there, there's a whole talent development which is happening in India. And even if you look at it, Indians have done, you know, very well uh, in global uh, companies also. Like in even in US, a lot of the founders, uh, Indians are probably, you know, the one of the top few founder sort of background which, uh, which sort of exists. Uh, so I think uh, for anyone who's looking to start, I think it's a great time to get started. Uh, you know, capital is there, uh, network is there, 
talent is there and uh, you know for instance uh, the other things like global sales etc you know that has also uh, you know become uh, uh, or in lot of companies have cracked that right so uh, i think it's possible to build uh, world class high tech products you know from india and uh, you know i think no doubt about that right so that is probably one thing um, the second thing is that uh, you know uh, especially uh, to to women uh, entrepreneurs is that it's a very um, uh, i would say it's a very fair world you know outside a lot of people have the concerns you know how will it be how will it be to uh, to pitch to investors which has very less women uh, partners or Uh, to be able to do sales uh, for instance you know which is also skewed uh, sometimes in the industries that they are catering to uh, the good news is that you know it's fairly uh, i would say uh, equal in that sense uh, you know so i think uh, for them uh, just so what i uh, really like is some of the networks which are getting formed which uh, allow you to have um, a sort of an uh, you know informal sharing of some of the pro- of some of the things that people have come across uh because obviously for women there are a lot of things right like there is um i, I think uh, one of the things that i have seen is like you know the whole motherhood and how do you manage this and that when you have two big responsibilities sometimes i've seen people postpone uh, you know the one thing for the other right so i think uh, just uh, seeing more examples will probably people uh, help people get around the fact that you know it's actually uh, you know how people have cater, uh, like tackle that so i think even for women entrepreneurs i think it's a very fair world out there and i think it's a great time to take the plunge uh, you know if they want to great uh, that's really nice so i think that's about it uh, so with that i think we have come to the end of this lovely conversation and uh, thanks once again neha for your uh, time and wonderful insights and i wish you all the very best in all your endeavors and uh, we'll keep in touch thanks so much it was was great talking to you thanks for having me It was a pleasure. Thank you.